welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. Hello, Edward Shredded Ed. Hello, hello. I'm getting deja vu. How come? We're just because it's always me and you. <laughs> oh yeah, I, well, yeah. Like like uh, Jack said, it's the the Brett and Ed show. Maybe we should branch off and just set our own sideline up. The yeah. boys probably don't even listen anyway, so they'd never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah, exactly. So no, um, yeah. Just like, I suppose everyone sent their apologies, haven't they? Like Paul's got some issue with his brain or something that he said, but yeah, you know, old man old. brain. Yeah, yeah it's getting old. Um, not not being necessarily forgetful, but just. Can't do too many things at once. Um, Matt is just out spending all his money, or you know, kind of probably spending all the money that we're obviously saving from coming out of the EU. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that I know nothing about Brexit. <laughs> he's uh, it's just a typical Londoner, isn't he? He's out drinking, he's out eating, he's yeah, doing doing yeah. all those things. Yeah, and uh, Johnny's still. Uh, well, just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we talk about fatherhood and saying, you know, how like you were kind of you're making a a stand or a point that you can still be really active and you can still um, go to the gym and <laughs> still look after yourself and maintain good shape. And then Johnny has just disappeared off the face of the earth, probably yeah. drowning in the bottom of a cereal box somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's because that man literally has. Like an I, I don't know, just an un uh, what's the word? Un, unwilling association or like just need of cereal. He just has to he just you know he can't stay away from it. It's like I see in every cereal box in sight. Uh, and uh, this probably stems from when he was a a, a plus size man uh, when he yeah, used to eat twenty five feet a bit a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think this is a long term <laughs> issue that needs fixing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know. He's got access to some all right coaches to sort him out, hasn't he? So. Well, I did say Paul was a man for him. He's old and wise. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jo- Johnny, if you do listen to this, mate, get in touch, yeah? We, we, we won't charge you much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how's, how's things going with Shredded Ed? Uh, yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, not, not much has changed really from last week. Uh, still, well... I say I'm still dieting. Uh, had a bit of a higher calorie weekend. Um, I got drunk and just ate everything, right? I didn't eat everything. I just ate most things. Um, so yes, yeah, so it happened. <laughs> but I've I've been really sort of harsh on myself today, I suppose. Uh, not really eating much. Probably had about a thousand calories of that. So wow. Yeah. But, Fair play. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you want to enjoy a day of higher food and a few beers and you're wanting to stay on progress and stay on track, then you've got to make a few sacrifices elsewhere. So it hasn't bothered me yeah. today. I've been at work all day, so um, not eating's fine. Um, yeah, so it's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, you make a, a fair point. Like, we can dress up, diet in, and do all the different things to make it as easy as possible. But I'll be honest, sometimes you just have to go, look, I've got to, you know, hate the phrase, like necessarily, especially when it comes to dieting, because people, like other people are going to hate it, but just man up and get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to make some sacrifice. Dieting is never going to be as easy that you you're not you don't have to make sacrifices because you you clearly will. You just can't have everything. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I don't know if you find this, but I, if I'm having like a really low calorie day, I can't track it. Um, because if I see on like my, my fitness pal or something that I've got like a thousand calories left, I'm like, Oh, let's dip into them. Whereas if I don't yeah. track it and I don't see it and I'm like, right, okay, I know I've had this meal and this meal today. I know it's not going to come up too much, but I'm just not going to track it. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. Um, in honesty, I don't, that doesn't happen to me very often in that, like, I probably wouldn't have a low calorie day the next day. I, I don't know why, like, I don't know if it's just from like um, an association or, or mental health perspective almost, but I, I just, I can't kind of bring myself to do it. Like I'd, I'd probably just say, look, I'm just going to write it off and move on. And, I'm, and I guess from a, from a, a logic perspective, it might not be the best thing because, you know, you're probably doing the right thing in almost accounting for what you did yesterday in terms of overeating. But sometimes I just think, oh, I just can't do it. Like I just don't have it in me. Yeah, to be fair, I would just normally do that. Um, but I woke up late. Um, I didn't have to be in work till nearly lunchtime. So I kind of thought, well, I've not eaten breakfast yet. So it's another hour until I get to work. Then it'll be lunchtime. So that's all right. Had my lunch, come home, eating quite a a clean tea, I suppose you could say. Um, yeah. And then so no. it's just, it just kind of happened. It's um, Yeah, so it's not, you know, uh, I, I am normally with you on the fuck it. Um, kind of thing. Songs, it doesn't happen too much, and it, it doesn't happen every day, or every week, or every month. Um, but uh, when it does, sometimes you do need just need to. I don't know. It depends on your personality, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not saying for a second. I think that's obviously you should have just written it off. Like I, I don't actually think you've probably done the right thing. As long as obviously you know you are, you like you say, you have that type of personality where it's not going to affect you negatively. Um, I just, I don't think I personally have it that I, I just think I can't I, and I'll be honest I don't know if I could cope with a thousand calories I think I just struggle um yeah yeah I don't know I I don't know like some days I'm just not hungry so I just don't really eat much but then other days I'm really hungry <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know it's just I, I can deal with it I was saying to somebody earlier on like you know I, I can deal with it some days I, was, I can't remember who I was talking to um yeah I can just deal with it like I could easily do one day a week of not fasting, but just not eating much. Mm. But it has to be a day when I'm busy. So like today, I've been really busy. So it's it's been fine. Thanks for um, easy. Yeah, I, I kind of just reminds me of like Martin's thing what he's doing at the moment of eat as little as possible diet. Like no real targets, just see what he can get with a wave at the end of the day in terms of the amount of food he's having to eat. Yeah, I was the start of the month. That was my intention when I said, right, okay, I'm going to go on a bit of a mini cut, try and lose like five kilos. Um, and that was my intention to do it and eat as little as possible. Don't track anything. Just don't eat much unless I'm dying. Um, it didn't happen though because my self control is shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh dear. Well, uh, cool. Um, right. Well, Any, we, uh, anything happening with you? Anything worth? Um, no, not really. Uh, trying to think what I've done this week, to be honest. Not a lot. Obviously, just gearing up for obviously the. Uh, MNU exam that's obviously going to be opening very soon so it'd be nice to kind of finalise that and get that done um, but yeah so all I've done is really study to be honest mate I haven't done a lot else I'm still in, still from a from a dietary perspective still in the bulk season so um, I think my plans for that really probably are to um, probably go to the to Christmas and then maybe start dieting after that after seeing what's happened um, although I suppose actually I suppose I could talk about a, a little bit of a strange thing like this week last couple of weeks my weight's kind of been going down, like, and I don't really know why because I'm, you know, I haven't reduced calories, I haven't increased activity as far as I'm aware. Um, it's the same gym sessions, my step count's pretty much still been the same, all that sort of stuff. But I've lost like two pounds in the last two weeks, like, 
I know two pound in the grand scheme of it isn't a lot, but it has been quite consistent. Have you, you know, been, it's not just fluctuating. So. Yeah. Have you been more relaxed recently, or sleeping better? I don't know, might be, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could could think of around like maybe dropped a bit of water from stress or anything like that. But I couldn't I wouldn't say I was particularly stressed before. I don't know. It's a bit strange, really. I don't know. Maybe my body's just ad- adapting and getting used to it, and yeah. just maybe getting a bit more active. I don't know. Because obviously, I guess you could argue to a certain extent. Over the past four or five years, I probably built up a lot of dieting fatigue. Of yeah. just dieting for long periods of time, and never really kind of having. I mean, the breaks I had were just like binges rather than breaks, so that's never really going to be conducive to sort of the good things. Um, yeah. So maybe your body's just finally, I, finally happy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no, feeling good, feeling good. So yeah, I think definitely I can push through into the uh, end of the year, see what happens, and then. And yeah, maybe kind of think about start dieting. Um, yeah, probably for, for the start of the year. Seems like as good a time as any. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, uh, after Christmas, year, obviously. New Year, New Year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, um, well, you you say this, but we do have an all-you-can-eat buffet next week. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so but uh, I, I think on, on at fat loss conferences, um, macros don't count. Literally, infinity macros. That sounds like a good idea to me. Because actually, I think technically we probably have two weekly buffets at least, because there must be Friday lunch and Saturday night. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are you sticking so, around Saturday night? I thought you were. Yeah, no, no, I am. I'm sticking around. This is just me jo- and you jo- then Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, I think at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Paul not sticking around? Paul must be there. He must be there Saturday, yeah. Yeah, just that's, that's going to be the, like the handsome trio. Yes, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be so, the young, well, I, I am the young whippersnapper of every episode, but even more so in person. Yeah, that's all right. We can wink, man. We can see, if, like I said, we're still, we're still shouting out for a date thread. <laughs> so if anyone's listening, Renan's Nutrition Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> like a lonely um, hearts column. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, we, he can provide pictures on request. Not nude, though, right? Get your mind out of the gutter. Behave, behave. <laughs> Right, let's crack on with the content. So we asked um, some people in our groups and our listeners and our Facebooks uh, just about some general questions they wanted to answer. It would be quite cool to do a QA and a session, wouldn't we? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to – so I'll start and I'll just ask you and then I'll just chip in if there's anything for me to add or not. Okay. So um, let's start – so I'll start with obviously the couple I had. So uh, Drew – Drew Piff uh, asked about... better not about... be tough questions because I've not, I've not read them. No, <laughs> so I have no idea no, what they are. <laughs> this, this, this one's quite a good one because we've covered it already in previous podcasts, but it'd be good just to go round, round, up, round over it again. Um, let me actually just find the exact question just so I don't butcher exactly how it was uh, asked. But effectively, um, Drew was talking about body adaptation. So kind of, with, like I say, we talked about starvation mode before, but... So he's asked, he's here somewhere, sorry, sorry listeners for waiting for me to scramble around, but basically, is there a danger where having been eating restricted calories for a sustained period, your body adapts and get used to the lower calorie amount? And subsequently, when you want to increase calories, it leads to an inevitable weight gain. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Um, Okay, so like we said, this kind of is around the whole starvation mode thing. I think we touched upon it maybe four or five episodes ago uh, where, I can't remember what the podcast was called, but anyway, um, we touched upon it and we said that 
a lot of people think your metabolism speeds up and slows down when that's not really the case. Um, it's more you speed up and slow down. So when you start dieting, you, you, well, you when you when you get into a prolonged diet and you start with, or you're in a very steep calorie deficit, your body tries to reserve energy, especially as you get leaner. Now, if you're three hundred pounds and you know you could literally go on a three hundred sixty-five day fast and you'd probably be okay at the end of it. Um, whereas if you were, say, a bit leaner, um, you didn't have a great deal to lose and you were dieting or you'd just been, you know, you'd just lost a lot of weight over time and you know you were getting leaner, your body starts to almost try and reserve its uh, body fat levels because it wants to be in a point of homeostasis, so it wants to be happy. Um, is that an eat lean cheese bottle you've got there? Yes. That you are branded up to the hilt, you are, aren't you? (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, so um, uh, does it do cheese water or? (laughs) No. Is that too far? uh, I think it's too far. Protein cheese water. Protein Mm. cheese water. Oh, protein shake flavoured of cheese. (laughs) 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 Even for a man that works in a cheese shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man, his life is cheese um <laughs> all right back to the question anyway so yeah your body it wants to be happy it doesn't want to be too skinny it doesn't want to be too lean obviously unless that's like you're just a very naturally lean person um so your body will start to slow down so you'll start to not fidget as much not move as much uh you'll get basically a little bit lazy you'll take the car everywhere um you'll sit down and just like hours pass when you think it's only minutes um, all these sorts of things are just your body's way of just trying to reserve a bit of it or conserve a bit of energy. Um, so, yeah, so essentially you you slow down. So that's why things like step counts uh, and that sort of stuff is a really good way of maintaining your activity levels. If you can maintain your activity levels to a uh, like an average or an above average level, um, then when you do reduce calories and you are in that sustained calorie deficit for a long period of time, um, you're not going to be putting on weight. You're not going to be slowing down because you're kind of forcing yourself to move a lot more or mm. as much as you did before. You might feel as though, oh my God, I've only done 3,000 steps today and I need to do 7,000. You might find that because you might find that you sit at your desk for a bit longer or you sat on the sofa for a bit longer. You're not as you know, you're not moving about, running around the house, doing the cleaning, all that sort of stuff. Um, so kind of back to the question, um, no, uh, your metabolism isn't going to slow down. Your body doesn't really get used to being in a deficit. You just, you, you can also, the lighter you get, the less calories your body needs as well. So there can be, there can be that plateau point. So if you were losing weight, eating 2,500 calories as a male, and you ended up losing three or four kilos, and then all of a sudden you stopped losing weight and you just started maintaining your weight, that's because your body uh, now requires less calories because you are a lighter individual. So there's that way that, yeah, okay, you, you, um, that that could be a case uh, like that, um, but by increasing your, you would just then reduce your calories to kind of increase that mm-hmm. that weight loss. Um, increasing your calories would then put you in a calorie surplus. It's not because your body's got, it's not like your metabolism's slowed down or anything like that. Um, you you just your body requires less energy in because yeah. you are lighter. Um, yeah. you, so, and you yeah. you burn less calories just moving around because you're lighter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's also quite a big portion of it, so. Yeah, yeah, that's why 
Big Dave can eat loads of food, not put on weight, but because it just takes so much more energy to move Big mm-hmm. Dave than it does Skinny Ed. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, that's kind of my answer to that. Anything yeah. to chip in? No, I don't, I don't really got anything to add to that. I think, like you say, just, just highlight or reiterating really that you don't really adapt uh, as such in terms of like your metabolism, as you say, doesn't get slower and you don't da- adapt as such. I guess, or, or, or I don't know, maybe that's not the right phrase in terms of you don't adapt, because I guess kind of you do adapt. You, you, like you say, you move less, you weigh less, um, you fidget less, all of these things, and they all add up to you burning less calories over a period of time. But, you know, that that has been shown, I think, it's, I'm sure it was James Krieger put some stuff up in one of the, the, the not last year's, the year before Fitness Summit, where he was talking about how people's um, actual BMR, so the, the basal metabolic rates, like basically over a long period of time, just then adjusted back to the, as they expected they should be. So, like if you're in, if you're, if you've. So to explain what well. a BMR is, that is like the amount of calories your body needs to survive. Yeah. And it doesn't take into account how active you are. That's just your body for your weight, your height, your age, and how many calories Run your, your body needs. And- yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. So um, I'm sure, like I said, that over long periods of dieting, obviously, um, as they get smaller, they reduce. And obviously, all they said, I think, over a period of time when they start eating more again, they just increased in line, as you'd expect. Yeah. So therefore, showing that, you know, you can't damage your metabolism as such, which I guess is like the, the main point of Drew's question is he's almost like saying, could you damage your metabolism so that later on, if you increase calories, you put on weight when you, when you wouldn't necessarily expect yourself to? Well, the answer is kind of no, that's not really what happens. Not from a metabolism point of view, but if you've lost enough weight for that now, that deficit to be your maintenance level, then yeah, yeah. you'll put on weight. But that's yeah. from a body weight perspective. Because yeah. um, that, that's yeah. that's a good, that's a great point to highlight because obviously a lot of people do that. They diet, you know, they say they say, oh, I maintain my weight on two and a half thousand calories. They diet, lose a shed shed load of weight, and they go back to two and a half thousand calories, thinking, well, that's no longer actually my maintenance. Now that's a surplus for me because I am now smaller and lighter, and obviously all the things you've already said. Yeah, are you yeah. less calories? So. Yeah, real world example. Um, earlier in the year, <clears throat> I got up to eighty-seven kilos, heaviest I've ever been. I was eating three thousand six hundred calories a day, uh, and roughly maintaining on that, um, which was nice. Um, I then dieted. I lost five kilos, uh, and I couldn't get above about three thousand four hundred calories without my weight just shooting up. Because yeah. I could no longer maintain on that higher amount because I was lighter, so my body required less calories. Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. That's okay, well, that that kind of, that kind of almost ties into Janelle's Janelle Cummings' question around us to discuss or define metabolism, because she basically said she's heard people say that they oh I used to have a fast metabolism now it's slowed down. So she's asked, what does that really mean? So I don't know whether like we just touch on like the the components of metabolism or do you want me to do that and then maybe you can talk about like just reiterate it back into uh kind of the whole fast or slow metabolism question bit yeah so, yeah go for it yeah yeah so i guess obviously you already talked about bmr or like your, your basal metabolic rate so obviously the just the amount of calories your body needs to purely survive so imagine if you're just in a coma or sleep forever and obviously that's how many calories it need just to just stay alive um on top of that you've then got obviously um your what we've referred to many times is neat so non- exercise activity thermogenesis so basically the calories you burn um just generally moving but not directly attributed to exercise so it's just moving around fidgeting um you know like walking um so actually like i always wonder whether you would count if you're specifically going out for a walk to exercise does that count as neat really i mean we all probably do really refer to it kind of as neat but 
you could argue actually that's exercise. <laughs> I think Martin's brought this up, hasn't he? And he uh, he's got his own little acronyms for it. Was it yeah, at the end of the day, it was like is it Nina? Nina, was it non-exercise, non activity, activity something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah uh, this is getting like ridiculously complex and ridiculously sciencey. Like it's not something you overly need to concern to yourself about no, no, yeah. sure. <laughs> no, it's just worth like no no because obviously you can't really change your bmr other than basically bodily weight yeah we and your age no. and your age yeah that sort of stuff <clears throat> so um i guess the uh neat you can change because you can just purposefully move more yeah. um you obviously then got your um exercise um energy activity so you spit energy that you then or the calories you burn just purely doing you know exercise so your weight training your running or whatever you like to do and then also you got i think the last point is your thermic effect of food which we talked about either last one last before last last, last week wasn't it with protein yeah yeah so obviously each macronutrient has um uh, or requires an amount of calorie to even just digest your body uses energy just to digest it so each macronutrient has a different thermic effect of food so i mean we said obviously average 20 percent for protein 10 percent for carbs five percent for fat as just kind of rough crude numbers so it gives you an idea of like the net effect of then how many calories you then use after that digestion so and all, all those added together then equates to an amount of calories that a person needs to maintain their body weight so you eat to maintenance, you should maintain your body weight. You eat more than that, you put on. You eat less than that, you lose. And to be honest, that is pretty much that simple. Like Ed said, you don't need to worry too much more from like the, you know, the sciencey part of it because it's just you know, like knowing that is not massively that important. Yeah, I think some. I mean, you could be the same height, weight, and age as somebody else, and your metabolism will be slightly different. Your BMR will be slightly different, just because everybody's bodies are slightly different. And whether this means that. Then naturally, if their metabolism is slightly quicker, they're naturally a more skinny person. That might, it, it's hard to kind of quantify why that is the case. Uh, there's some thoughts that you're more of a fidget, so you burn more calories via neat. Um, there's also some thoughts that potentially, yeah, you, you would kind of, um, your body just requires a few more calories, even though you're the same height, weight and age as somebody else. Um, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what it is, but by saying I have a fast metabolism, that could mean a thousand different things. Um, it could, you know, like I say, it could mean you're a fidget. It could mean that you just do a lot of sport or you do, uh, a lot of walking around or you, your body generally just, you might have more muscle mass compared to fat mass. Uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I think just, like just, just on that, just bring up, again, I think it's back to that same um, presentation that James Krieger did and that, again, that same slide showed kind of like the highest to the lowest differences in BMRs was only something like 400 calories. Right, okay, yeah, so it's a bit of a bell-shaped curve type thing. Yeah, and you just think, well, like 400 calories is not enough to essentially um, justify or validate people saying, I have a fast metabolism. Yeah. Like if you if like when you say I've got fast metabolism, I can eat what I like and I never get fat. Almost is what people are saying. Well, four hundred calories difference is not going to kind of justify that because it's not a lot of food. In, no. There's not a lot of difference in food. Is it four hundred calories? Yeah, yeah. You probably find these people who are like, yeah, I can eat what I like, and they go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and like they have twenty-five platefuls of food, but I can guarantee they probably don't eat much the next day because <laughs> their bodies yeah. are just like, well, yeah. sod it, I've had loads of calories, so I don't need to eat a lot. So you're probably not hungry. They might miss breakfast or have a light breakfast and. Uh, um, yeah, um, but uh, kind of going back to the original question about over time when you get older, 
your metabolism slowing down. That's what she asked, wasn't it? Yeah, well, she used to have a fast. I've heard people saying you used to have a fast, but now it's slowed down. Yeah, so again, it just comes back to the point of, right, okay, look at the variables. Your BMR hasn't slowed down particularly, um, and if it has, maybe 10 calories. Um, what it is, is when you're a teenager, you're probably playing sport every single day of the week. Uh, you're probably walking to school, you're walking everywhere with your mates, you're out all the time, you're always on your feet, you're always active from the moment you're awake to the moment you go to bed. You then grow up, you go to university. Like This is what you see loads of people doing. Their food choices start to differ. They start to eat higher calorie foods. Maybe they start going out more for drinks or maybe they start eating just nice food, which is high in calories. Um, they start to get a job. They're sitting down uh, a lot more. They're sat at a desk, um, you know, especially if you've got an office job, like you're just not moving much. You get yeah. your walk to the car, you get in the car, you drive to work, you sit at your desk all day get in the walk to your car, drive home, sit at home all night because you've been working all day and you just want to relax in front of the TV. Um, you're not playing sport, and if you are, it's maybe once, twice a week. If you go to the gym, maybe once, twice a week. You're not, you nowhere near as active. You're nowhere near as active. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not your metabolism that's slowed down. It's you that's slowed down, either via your activity levels or by your kind of non-exercise activity levels. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and you know, we've, again, it kind of goes in with some of the stuff we've just said as well. I think, um, you know, kind of just the the fact that some of them obviously you, you kind of maybe lose a bit of muscle mass as the older you get, as you know, you do, um, and maybe you kind of weigh a bit less because of that, or just muscle. And I, I think it's a bit overstated. In fact, the, the kind of like the fact that muscle burns more calories than fat, but I think there is a little truth to it. Um, yeah, it's just all that sort of stuff. Just all contributes to that and your movement less that you just inevitably burn a few less calories so you, you know it's not really your, your metabolism slowing down is it no exactly yeah but i suppose unless you use a metabolism as an umbrella term for all the things you described and um, which is exactly what i've just said so yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, it depends yeah, on yeah. how you look at it what you actually use the term or the word for and, and all that so yeah, yeah but uh yeah if, if somebody says cool. to you oh my metabolism slowed down just turn around and say no you have yeah, uh, exactly yeah. Um, should you have a side question as well around can we discuss fiber needs as in how many grams we should be getting and why it's important so um, maybe we'll just quickly do that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so do you want to just talk about kind of the types of fibers quickly and then just shout out how many we think we should have and why yeah so um, fiber this basically is uh, fiber lines the intestines essentially and just helps food pass through it so the food that's digested just helps it pass through um, easier uh, but we do kind of have two different types of fibers so sometimes people will say oh you need to eat this because it'll um, block you up a little or you need to eat this because it might help you pass um, so you have soluble fibers which are sort of soft and sticky so things like oats and barley sweet potatoes that sort of thing and then you have insoluble fibers uh, which is kind of what helps pass things through a little easier uh, which would be like cereals breads um, and fruits um, yeah, so if you potentially have the runs, then eating something like beans or figs or sweet potatoes could potentially help um, yeah. slow you up a little. <laughs> slow, slow digestive transit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're somebody who maybe only goes once or not even once a day, maybe once every few days or something like that, which I know is a massive issue, especially in women, um, you then potentially want to start looking at thing eating 
maybe more kind of whole wheat products, uh, maybe more cereals, uh, more fruit, that sort of thing. Potentially not bananas though, um, but you know things like strawberries, apples, that sort of stuff. Um, and that's going to help you pass a bit more regularly. Uh, arbitrary, so how much? Arbitrary figures. Uh, so we've said that around about 12 grams of fiber per thousand calories that you're eating. So as a female, if you're eating 2000 calories, then it'd be looking at about 24 grams of fiber a day. Um, now, obviously, if you're not tracking your food, you're never going to know this. Um, but if you are tracking your food, then it's just something to kind of be aware of. If you have a day where your fiber is really low, is it the end of the world? Nope. Um, but if you have a week where your fiber hasn't gone above 10 grams a day, then and you're wondering why you haven't been to the toilet yet this week, then potentially that could be the cause. And also, water, I find, is a massive thing as well. If you're dehydrated, I find that really affects me. Um, yeah, if, if I, I know I haven't been drinking enough water because I won't be as regular as I normally am. Um, so that's another another thing as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, but anywhere kind of between that, as a rough kind of 20 to 30 grams, maybe 20 to 40 grams if you're a larger male, potentially. Um, but yeah, anything more over 30 grams and you're probably going to start feeling adverse effects from it, um, bloating and uh, things like that. Yeah, I think like it's obviously very individually dependent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> fiber is one of those things where enough is great, more is not necessarily better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um, a chap that I knew uh, from my old coaching group and he was eating 600 grams of carbs every day uh, and his fiber was up around the like 50 60 gram mark um, and I do believe that it presented him some quite serious issues with bloating <laughs> and uh, stomach aches stomach cramps stuff like that just because yeah. he was so backed up yeah. Um, yeah but to be fair my fiber quite often hits sort of 40 nearly 50 um, I don't have too many problems like in terms of kind of bloating or anything like that but like if I do go over, then yeah, I definitely kind of get to a point where um, I know about it. Yeah, so. yeah. I think just another quick point as well is um, you've got uh, slightly more man-made fibers compared to more natural fibers as well. I think they are, can like the more man-made ones are things that are in. Um, protein bars things like that so like quest bars 14 grams of fiber or something ridiculous per quest bar yeah if you have a couple of those you're really going to know to know it um because I, I just think they just they they're not quite as kind and as nice um for helping pass movement as maybe something like fruit um or oats that sort of thing so yeah, just yeah. something to be aware of yeah next question or anything to add no next question is good so um Am I? I'll take it. I'm going through because I've got them all, haven't I? So yeah. uh, um, we might have to. See, we've got quite a few actually. So maybe we'll save some. We'll split them off. We'll answer a couple more, maybe. But maybe we'll save some. Split them off for another episode. Um, We're on the thirty-minute mark now. So are we? cool. Um, well, Heather, I'm going to say Doherty because <laughs> she very much challenged us to say her name right, and she wouldn't even clarify. So I'm going to assume that I'm. I think she did say I was the closest last time. So, uh, <laughs> is that what you said last time? Um, I can't remember, actually, but that's going to be my go this time. So uh, she's asked, uh, when you log food on my fitness pal, should it be cooked or raw weight? I'm thinking in particular meat and veg. And she has put good luck with trying to say my name again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you want to go with this one, or do you want me to? Uh, I can do it if you like. So, um, either is probably the the short answer, um, as long as it's consistent. So, as long as you know what you're doing, i.e., if you're choosing, say, chicken as an example, and you're uh, weighing it cooked, make sure you input it as a cooked variant and not raw, because um, food weight will change during the cooking process. So like meat and veg are probably two good actually answers uh, or options in terms of they are probably either end of the spectrum generally in terms of how their weight change because meat will tend to lose weight because you'll lose water during the cooking process and veg usually the opposite i mean it depends how you cook it, i suppose but if you're boiling or steaming it it's going to hold more water so it's going to be heavier so again it doesn't really matter i mean i tend to think the easier method is to try and do everything raw obviously you can't always do that um because I guess if you're being served food and it's already cooked, then you kind of have to go with a cooked variant. Um, but if you're not, I guess it's one of those things as well, to a certain extent, that if you're not uh, preparing it yourself, then you're going to have to probably eyeball what you're you're actually uh, eating anyway. So um, it's going to be an element of estimation and therefore it's going to be an element of being not accurate. So I'd probably, certainly veg, especially, like not to worry too much because you can't go too far wrong, unless you're talking starches where they tend to be a bit more obviously higher in calories. But if you're trying to, I don't know, waste spinach. God, why even bother? <laughs> I think on this, uh, depend. so if you're scanning the barcodes or searching the foods that you're trying to eat, um, weigh it as it comes, as silly as that sounds. So if you're scanning the barcode of a pack of chicken breasts and they're raw, then that is going to be raw weight. The only one to really be careful of and potentially read the serving suggestion and where the, the macronutrients are in the back, it'll say per 100 grams and it'll say whether it's it's cooked or dry weight. And that's with things like rices and pasta, um, because you might scan that. You think it's raw weight, so you weigh 100 grams of raw pasta, you cook it and eat it, but then really you didn't read the, the small print and that's actually the cooked weight. Um, so pasta and rice is which quite is significant. Often. Yeah. Significantly different. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. obviously it wasn't like traveling weight. Uh, double rices yeah. and pastas tend to double, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is, which so basically you, you effectively end up probably double consuming calories. Yeah. And not, you know, and obviously like rice and pasta are, you know, kind of got a reasonable amount of calories in them. So you could easily go from having say maybe two, 250 calories say of a dead general serving of a good serving of rice and then i'd be in 500 yeah i think oh yeah. Well, this is nice there's a lot of food yeah okay, loads of rice. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um yes yeah, so it's just that's just one to be really wary of and also with some things bean sprouts these are a pain in the arse for this um but some things will track it as it's cooked in oil cooked in a tablespoon of oil so bean sprouts are one uh, i can't think of any others off the top of my head but just be wary if you're scanning a barcode of a product that you read the small print on the back um, because it will tell you it's kind of the serving suggestions or what have you it normally does give you the raw weight and the cooked weight um so like pasta or no rice sorry would be like 90 grams of raw rice would be like 200 grams of cooked rice something like that mm. um so uh that tends to be if i can remember rightly um yeah um but with your meats and stuff like that however it comes and whatever barcode you're scanning that's that's how it should be tracked yeah i think just if it doesn't say and it just says 100 grams i think that that has to be the then the raw 
like as sold weight, doesn't it? I think yeah. so. Yeah, just yeah. as underground, so you can obviously if it doesn't say, you can just assume it's raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny story of a bodybuilder that I sort of kind of know. Um, he was weighing everything cooked, so he was given kind of like right, okay, this meal consists of two hundred grams worth of chicken. Um, he had a bit more of a meal plan style of approach with things, and um, he thought that was cooked weight, so he was having two hundred grams of cooked chicken. Um, poor bastard <laughs> so this guy runs a podcast himself um, he's a really relatively knowledgeable guy uh, but he found out on the podcast when he was discussing his meal plan with his uh, with the other hosts his other host turned around and said you sure that's not raw weight and you could just hear in his voice the oh shit it is isn't yeah. it <laughs> and they text yeah. his coach live on air like on the podcast oh, to ask man. and they found out it was supposed to be <laughs> I mean he was bulking so it wasn't an issue but at the same time, though, like that's a lot of chicken, 200 grams of cooked chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, so dear. having that like five, six times a day, <laughs> this food bill must have been huge. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> next one, let's go. That is funny. Right, uh, Jane Burden, uh, she has asked, how do you overcome the mindset of being deprived Restricting calories leads me to feeling deprived and then inevitably leads to binging. Tough one. Tough question. Yeah, so I think this is if you're potentially not just restricting calories but restricting food choices. Sometimes um, you have to because if you're, as a female, eating 1,300 calories, then eating a whole Domino's pizza maybe isn't in your remit because that would be the whole of your day's calories so i suppose there's that element and aspect of things to look at maybe try not to restrict complete food groups um especially if it's something you're used to eating and you really like um that's my first point i'll let you no i'd have probably went down the same avenue i think in that if you're kind of sticking to eating clean foods say is a good example you tend to find that then all you want is brownies or all you want is something that you're not supposed to have. Um, And then, you know, you try and hold off, you try and stay strong, you know, be an absolute soldier, but never to be end up breaking. And then you eat all the food. Um, So yeah, obviously I'd probably say, well, one of the things to do is to not restrict them exactly like you've said, food groups, but maybe obviously in the context of don't restrict junk food because, you know, having a little bit might stop you then going into full on full blown binge. So a good example is just have like a small 15 grams, you know, 10 grams, 20 grams or whatever you think you can, you can fit into obviously your, your calorie requirements of like dark chocolate or, well, not even necessarily dark chocolate. It doesn't have to be what you consider healthy, be any, any kind of food you like really. But as long as it's something you enjoy, just because that might then stave off that feeling of deprivation. Um, there's always going to be, and that actually it probably goes in what we said at the start of the podcast, actually the point you made up. There's always going to be an element of restriction and maybe feeling a little bit deprived because, you are dieting, you are, you are restricting energy, you know, you're not being able to go out and just eat everything you want. Um, cause you know, we live in a society where there's so much hyperpatible food around that we are just programmed almost to go and try and eat everything. So it's not easy. And I think there's a certain level of accepting that, but just making it as easy as possible. Um, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, especially the longer you diet, the leaner you get, like it gets hard and mm. you have to sacrifice at the end of the day if dieting was so easy then the world wouldn't be obese like it'd all be shredded yeah yeah and you know that's why so many people only last a week because they kind of go too far one way or um and i think if you're 
uh, I know we're very pro tracking, but if you're not currently tracking your food, then that could be a way of kind of being a bit more if it fits your macros or if it fits your calories. Yeah. Um, and a bit more accountable. Yeah, you can be a bit more flexible, accountable. Um, you know, I've had plenty of people who have done various things with me and said, you know what, I really like this way of doing things because it is so flexible and it has allowed me to diet while still eating cake and biscuits and, you know, not as the predominance in their diet, but eating them when mm. they kind of have felt the need to eat them. Uh, yeah because they are restrictive you don't feel necessarily as restricted because you know if you do want them you can have them yeah and often and often that is enough just to take away that feeling of that i must have them because you know you can have them it's almost like the forbidden fruit element is taken away mm -hmm. so therefore actually having a, having a bit of chocolate ain't that interesting but that's what i've found anyway and like i would sometimes find that before i started tracking food and before i started obviously any sort of dieting stuff i would probably Eat, eat stuff for the sake of it whereas now i look at it and think that stuff there isn't worth the amount of calories it's going to take so or, or like yeah. or use up so and, and be honest when i look at it like that sometimes i think you know what yeah i'm not even that bothered by it actually because i wouldn't spend i used to drink loads of lattes loads of starbucks all the time and i started drinking more and more black coffee because i suddenly realized as much as i love lattes like you know the sugary sweet starbucks stuff um would i rather have that or 250 calories worth of food absolutely food when you're only on obviously a small amount of calories anyway and that's what it comes down to and that's that helped change my mindset quite a lot yeah for sure yeah that's that. good. i suppose the other thing i just i was just going to add sorry mate i just if there's, if there's anything else you want to add but i was just going to add also maybe think about the end goal as well i mean obviously processed based goals tend to people keep people more motivated i.e focus on the smaller process stuff rather than the end result but actually sometimes i think looking at the like why you're doing it and what you want at the end of it is sometimes good motivation to kind of keep your eye on the prize yeah, little, set little goals, set a kilo, then set another kilo. And I know with a lot of my, my guys, I um, most weeks I'll put into our group and say, right, okay, you've got one little goal you've got to set yourself for this week that's going to help attribute to your main goal. Um, what is it? And then I'll check in with them again later in the week and be like, have you achieved your little goal? If not, why? And how are we going to make you know things more achievable for next yeah, week? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so the one thing I was going to add was if it's something that you, like, if you open a pack of biscuits and you can't, you don't have the self-control to stop eating that whole pack of biscuits, you can't stop at one or two, then don't buy them. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, I have stuff in for the kids. Well, are your kids going to die if they don't have crisps in the house that week? Like, maybe... I don't know, like little things like that. Um, you know, you you don't. It was somebody. Oh shit! I can't remember who told me this, but it was somebody who I knew. Who it was like a friend of a friend or whatever. Um, they were dieting and they ate their kids' Easter eggs <laughs> because they like they didn't have chocolate in the house and stuff because of that reason. And they ate their kids' Easter eggs before Easter. <laughs> so they had to go and buy more Easter eggs for the kids. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some people generally like, I know uh, people who kind of, you know, they can't have cereal in the house because they will overeat on cereal. They can't stop at one bowl and that'll be it. That'll be the whole box done. So they, mm -hmm. they keep cereal in the car, I'm sure they said. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I think. I think. Hopefully, we've. Well, I mean, obviously, I guess you know the 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 mindset of eating, the psychology of eating is really difficult, and obviously, we you know neither of us are really qualified to, to say too much more on that other than our own experience. So, um, it's always a hard one, isn't it? That. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to. 
mindset stuff and mental stuff is really hard to yeah. talk about because everybody's so so different and it's easy for me to yeah. say oh don't eat it because i have a personality where i can take it or leave it but yeah 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 and i suppose if it's getting into things the realms of binge eating disorders or anything like that then obviously it's just so so difficult to kind of come up with um too much help too much applicable stuff because as i say we're not we're not really qualified to do so but hopefully it's at least helped a little bit yes so um should we just maybe crack on with one more and then like i said we've got a a couple more afterwards we can then touch on another episode so um melanie fudge uh is asked um which she's also in your group isn't she she's one of mine yeah yeah so she's asked is drinking still or fizzy water with no added sugar just as good as drinking water as in normal water she asked this actually last week which was a bit she was like 10 minutes too late to get in on last week's episode i noticed it when we stopped recording uh, all right go on you go you you talk um yes yeah well i mean yeah i mean i guess the, the, she's already highlighted the point i'd have probably brought up in that with no added sugar so look at the variants that have little to no calories in them um and then, yeah, why not? Because although obviously a lot of stuff, you know, Coke or whatever else, and like full sugar drinks will still count towards like your um, hydration needs for the day. Um, also comes along with a lot of uh, sugars and carbohydrates, which you don't necessarily need. So, yeah, if you're looking for the sugar-free variant, variants, then, then yeah, uh, they're just as good as drinking normal water. I mean, you know, if they're palatable and they're going to actually make you drink more, if you're one that doesn't actually drink a lot, then they're a great option. Yeah, yeah. Just be wary with some of the no added sugar because they're made with fruit. Sometimes they actually already contain sugar. Um, so some sometimes it's not that bad, but they could be up to like 12, 15 grams of sugar in some of them already. Um, I think it's the Evian flavored ones. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah. E- e- the, the vo- uh, Volvic, Volvic do one, that's they? it. Yeah. The Volvic, they, yeah. they do two variants now. So they, like you say, you're very, like, I think the normal ones are something like 40 calories per 100 mils i might have got that i might have raked that actually i don't know but basically the the whole bottle is quite a you know a reasonable amount of calories or like a, a decent amount of calories so they actually now do a no or a sugar-free one i think right. so where the, the whole like the whole liter and a half bottle of it is like 10 calories or something yeah yeah which would so, be like but, a zero drink or whatever yeah, yeah exactly but you would like, unless you looked at labels you wouldn't know the difference because there's like they look the same one's like one just happens to say like sugar free on it like it's in tiny blue writing in the middle of the label which looks the same as the other label so yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, it's like drinking squash it's like drinking you know robinson's fruit juice or something like that um like i add that to most of my waters because i find water really bland especially tap water i don't mind if it's bottled water but i just can't drink it unless it's in it unless it's in neat lean and then it's (laughs) (laughs) unless it's cheese water um yeah so i i i don't like tap water it just doesn't do anything for me at all so i do add squash um to to my juices and yeah to my waters to make juice um yeah i know mum she has bottles of fizzy water like then the sugar-free ones Mm-hmm. Um, she drinks those all the time because it's just a way of getting more water into her um, and that's fine um, yeah cool well um, we had a couple more like I said we had one from uh, Jack which maybe we'll answer next time and one from Victoria Victoria Raxton so we'll pick them up shall we in uh, yeah, we'll in the next, next Q&A we do 
Yeah. So if you have any questions that you want answering on the podcast, anything you want clearing up, uh, jump on Facebook or jump on Instagram. No nonsense nutrition. Make sure you like and follow us first uh, and then shoot us a message and uh, yeah, ask your questions and we can get back to you. Uh, if it's a, if it's a more of a private matter, then we can obviously shoot you a message straight back. Um, but if it's something that can be aired on the podcast, then uh, yeah, we can do another Q&A maybe in a few weeks and uh, get that up. Cool. Um, I was just going to read out because we had another review, but um, Heather's getting a double shout out then because it's, it's her that's left the review. So she said, listen to all of these podcasts and just love the way the guys get the information across and out there to, to fellow listeners. However, I was disappointed to not get a name check in episode 15. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. I know you can't say my surname, so perhaps I should be known as Heather D in honor of Paul C. Keep up the good work. <laughs> so Heather, I don't know if Heather D quite sounds right. Sorry, Heather. But I can, <laughs> I can use that. Oh, dear. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I think i say get in touch if you have anything. Um, the review competition is still going as well. So if anyone wants to continue to leave reviews, still in with a chance of a protein bar or two. If you'd have checked out my Instagram during the week, you'd have seen I did a little recce of my stash. Um, I was only down to something like 210 bars or something and a shed load of ready to drinks. <laughs> so, Mate, bring some to the conference. Just I'll, I will, don't worry. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring us some treats. I've, I've got a load of protein waters to use up, so I'll bring a load of those. That'll yeah. be nice. Because obviously they, they're like 80 calories or something for 20 grams of protein, as you know, as you'd expect with no carbs or fat, and uh, it means we can save more for the buffet and the burgers and the beer. Bring yeah, bring them so we can pad our breakfast out, or maybe we could have a water pre-bed to uh, yeah. as a final protein feeding. Um, or or I'll bring a, a couple of blocks of cheese. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, or bring one of those um, the deluxe Connecticut bars. All right, yeah, I'll bring you one. Because I haven't tried that yet. And I'm going to try and find the new Milky Way protein bars because I fucking love Milky Way. <laughs> yeah, well, on that, before we sign off, the reviews haven't been great, mate. Like, obviously, I've got my ear to the ground seeing what they've been like. And most people have said they're very much like the Mars bars, but without the caramel bit. And um, don't really taste like Milky Way. The thing about Milky Way I like so much is the fluffy texture. Yeah. I did wonder whether they'd ever get that in a protein variant because, obviously... They would tend to be a little bit chewy. Yeah, I did. I I have the only review I've seen was it's a chewy Milky Way, um, yeah. which I guessed. But yeah, my local sub shop does them, so I might pop in and and get us all some. Sweet, all over that. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well. Uh, yeah. I'll see you in person next week. I cannot wait. I cannot yes. Wait. Yes, hopefully the others will turn up as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's yeah. See push that button. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.